Animal Farm Radio Show. Now, this is the greatest show on radio because Paya is on the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Weeknights from 5 to 7 p.m. Central. Everybody over there. Get on up. Everybody right there. Get into it. Everybody right there. Get involved. Everybody you. Yeah, we got Alan Watt on the phone with us. Um, Alan Watt is a, a long-term researcher. He's a cognitive force. behind major changes in historical development. His background is that of a Renaissance man with a background in three professions, plus having various books uh, published in religion, philosophy, poetry, mainly under pseudonyms. He is a ninja, by the way. Yes, he is. He is a ninja fighting against the New World Order. And if he says no, then he's lying. He's deceiving us. He's trying to be covert. Alan, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, Alan Watts, so glad to have you back on the Animal Farm. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for taking the time. Yes, indeed. Thank you, yeah. Okay, uh, Pi, I want you to lower that a little bit because it's a time trouble here, Mr. Watt here. Sorry. Um, okay. It's hard, yeah. Alan, we want to start off, of course, by saying hello. We're so glad you're here on the farm. It's going to be a great evening. But really quickly, before we jump you know, right into the, the whole mess that's been going on since your last visit uh, on the farm here, we wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, ben actually told me to t- ask you about this this study that came out regarding churchgoers now more likely to to back torture of suspected terrorists. Now let's just assume that you know it, it could be uh, a, you know kind of a one sided study. Maybe it's not across the board, but I'm sure you heard about it in the first segment, or if you I'm sure you heard about it in general. But more than half of people who were surveyed who attend services, church services, at least once a week, 54 percent of those people said the use of torture against suspected terrorists. Suspected is often or sometimes justified, and when they, you know, talked to a poll, a, a group that didn't go to church, only 42% of those people uh, said the same. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Those evildoers. <laughs> it's difficult to say, as you say yourself, a lot of these uh, so-called polls and so on uh, are fake, uh, and the statistics they give you are fake as well. Uh, and when you go into the history of uh, the polling industry. The reason they came out in the first place was to actually create public opinion because most people will go with what they think is the majority opinion. So it's very, very difficult to say. But we do know that it depends on the country they're looking at it as well. We know that um, massive money, the BBC did a documentary that massive money was pushed into helping George Bush get elected by um, basically paying off top leaders in the Christian movement within the U.S., uh, to be on board for the coming wars, etc. So uh, this is an unfortunate thing. If you belong to a, a particular organization, you can guarantee that the leaders will be supplied, and you're now into a political system. It's not really a religious system. When it's used for political motives, you're a political organization, and you're being used by somebody from the top down. Yeah. And this is the thing that really frustrates me and really confuses me. I've been me. around politics a long time. Thank you, George. I don't want to get into a religious debate. Certainly not. I have a, we have a lot of other things to talk about. But just to kind of wrap it up, I mean, the thing that just bugs me out and, and confuses the hell out of me, especially after watching the, the Jesus Camp type documentaries and following some of the theology of, of people, Christians, especially right wing Christians, is amazing. They go to church, they, you know, they have the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, yet they're for wars, they worship George Bush, and then they want me to be against gay people. 
because it's wrong morally. So, I mean, the hypocrisy is so thick you can cut it with a butter knife. It's amazing. Uh, I, I just, it's almost like you can make up your own rules with some of these people, and whatever flies, flies. It's almost like a cult in some regards, and it has no consistency whatsoever. But, Alan, uh, your, your input's always appreciated. Any last-minute thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, the, the, the um, any group really is a microcosm of the whole of society. In other words, it can be easily manipulated if you know uh, their particular language. And the language, of course, of Christians is a particular Christian language. You know the buzzwords, you know the things to say, and they're on your side immediately because you must be one of them. And when you get people from the top, like a president helping to push it, then you're being used for political purposes. It's no great mystery at all. It's been done so many times in the past. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, speaking on uh, people being manipulated and, uh, you know, throughout society, what do you think about this, uh, this swine flu that's going on right now? Is this a political manipulation? Is this a, is this a fear tactic? Yeah, is this the end of civilization oh, as we know it, Alan? <laughs> well, it's for the birds, eh? I mean, the whole thing is, uh, the whole thing with it is, yeah, I mean, seriously, it, this is the, the greatest thing uh, to get people to, to accept a world authority. And the World Health Organization is marked to become the world authority in all healthcare issues because ultimately once it's got that authority through fear and panic creation, uh, then they, they kick in with their real agenda, which is mandatory um, sterilization, etc., etc., which is in their charter. They, they, they already have that in there. But first they must gain authority. There's only two ways to gain authority through the, from the public. And one way is gradual um, raising of public awareness, as they call it, meaning massive propaganda campaigns over many years, or the fast way is to create massive panic. They're using the panic technique. Yeah. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> it certainly has worked. I mean, really, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, this seems to be, you know, thus far, it doesn't seem to be a major, major threat, but you have, uh, you know, countries now shutting down schools, shutting down everything with this fear that there's, you know, that just mass breakouts going to happen. And like we said yesterday on our show, Alan, I, I don't want to underplay because this could turn out to be something serious. But the the one fact that really you can't dispute is that the mainstream media is just running wild with this, yeah. uh, like something I've never seen. I mean, really, I, not, not even with the peanut butter outbreak of 2008 or the you know the wild cabbage uh, panic of every every couple months. It's a new vegetable or fruit. It's amazing what they what they push on the mainstreams. Mm -hmm. But really, this is already now, you know, yesterday they've already moved it up to level five, you know, DEFCON 4, yeah. you know, get get into the war room, go underground. It's amazing. And even if it is that bad, uh, I don't think panic's ever going to help us solve any of these problems. I think communication will and education. Go ahead, Alan. It's not meant to. As I say, the whole purpose is to get a public conditioned and trained to obey this new big authority that's not going to rule your lives. That's the whole point of the exercise, is, is to simply uh, re they're, they're reinforcing the conditioning we've been getting gradually through the big fear tactic of panic. And, of course, we'll turn to them to save us. And apart from the fact that, that pharma industries are making trillions out of this scare, uh, that's another big thing, too. They always profit off a good crisis. But the, the bottom line is uh, the, the World Health Organization was set up at the United Nations to become exactly that, the World Health Organization or authority. And um, its main object is to say once they gain authority, it's not to fight disease. It's actually for depopulation uh, reasons. That's their real function. Alan, what... <laughs> 
What kind of uh, legal authority are they going to have? What what kind of uh, legal methods are they going to use to uh, sort of centralize this this system and bring uh, bring the World Health Organization to the forefront and uh, let the the ignorant public know that they really have no rights uh, other than what the World Health Organization tells them? Yes. Well, they've already started. They started back um, in, in the seventies. All NATO countries now NATO is a branch of the United Nations, of course. Mm-hmm. It's a military wing. All NATO countries signed an agreement, international agreement, uh, to do with containment, fighting disease or contamination in uh, populated areas. It's supposed to be, the booklet is supposed to be available to every citizen of all these countries, but you have to send off to the federal government to get a copy. And when you do get it, half of it is blanked out. And what you're left with really is the fact that you simply stay where, you're, where you are if you try to leave a contaminated area, uh, the soldiers are going to kill you. That's in the book. And a whole masses of people try and break out. They'll be bombed from the air with CS gas. So that's how they can really contain a true outbreak if it ever happens. But this one that's happening now is just uh, it's the common flu. It's the common wow. flu. It's a mild flu. Alan, you say you say true outbreak, and I, I would imagine that you would agree that you know this is this particular. You know, pandemic in quotes. This particular flu is not going to pan out to be a real pandemic. In other words, it's only going to take so many lives, and it'll probably be in the back page of the news in, in less than a month. That's my opinion, Alan. Would you agree with that? We have a break coming up, but really quickly, in about 30 seconds. What do you think? What's the end resolution of this outbreak of this pandemic? What's going on? Well, this is the next series of treaty signing to give the World Health Organization the authority thereafter. Okay, hang on one second, Alan. We got a break coming up. Alan Watt on the farm. So much more. Hold that thought, and we shall return. You are now listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Network, the home of Cutting Edge Talk Radio. Folks, thank you for joining us. I'm talking to the pig yeah. farm. Oh, oh boy, the pig, pig farm people are back <laughs> here. I'm talking to you right now, pig sucker. <laughs> we are talking with Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Of course, you all know Alan Watt. He's like uh, everybody's cousin here in the chat room and on the uh, the Patriot Radio stations. He's a great man. We were talking, Alan, uh, before the last break, you know, about the real purpose of this particular uh, swine flu. You and I guess you and I, we all kind of agree, I guess. Uh, unanimously here that this is not going to turn out to be a real pandemic that there's not going to be mass deaths but uh, I wanted to get one more time because I think the music may have cut you off Alan that's my fault I apologize one more time in a nutshell what do you think the ultimate goal of this particular uh, outbreak is what what are they trying to do use with this for what what are they doing well it's like all all other crises that create we give up authority uh, when we're terrified to those we think uh, can save us it's the same thing right after 9-11. We were told, so we're asked the question, uh, uh, are you willing to give up your freedoms for security? And then you end up with basically a martial law system running the country that is ongoing and expanding all the time. 
it's the same thing now. You see, every area of life in the future is to be that of a planned society run by a global authority. And that was the reason the United Nations was set up in the first place. All of your laws, right down to your electrical building codes, all the rest of it, have been coming from the UN for the last 30 years. And people don't realize that. And they're signed into law by your federal governments. Um, it's the same with all your, your social laws as well. They all come from it. The war on smoking uh, was from the World Health Organization. Every country signed on to it. Uh, the Kyoto Conference is under the, the United Nations. Everyone signed on to it. Now we're going to pay carbon taxes. See, we're already under a global system. But one of its priorities was always to do with population reduction and control. And you've heard of family planning. Well, now it's the global village. And supposedly we're all to get the SNP down the road in the future to save the world and to help create sustainability, as they like to term it. Uh, but they can't do that until we literally acquiesce by our silence uh, to their demand for more and more power and authority. That's a legality. And if we don't uh, say, you know, get off our backs with this scaremongering, uh, they'll go ahead. Uh, presidents, prime ministers will sign new laws to do with regional, what they're calling regional pandemics. Then you're under a regional system, which in turn is then under uh, the United Nations system. So we're watching it happen uh, as per plan. The IMF came in right after they created the depression there and, and raped the planet, raped everybody's pocket. Everybody's forgotten that crisis with this new crisis. That's another benefit of creating crisis one after another. But that the IMF was set up to eventually become the world authority on issuance of currencies. Well, now they've got it. It's been in all the newspapers. So the World Health Organization of the United Nations is simply doing its bit now to claim power over all countries and the rights to mandate all health issues, including fertility. Yeah. I, I want to I make a public service announcement right now. Ben Miller is not getting snipped. Ben Miller oh will my start God. bombing buildings before he gets snipped. I don't th it ain't happening. No, Ben, don't, don't do it. I don't know if that's a public service announcement. <laughs> I will, I, I, it's, a, it's a warning. <laughs> I'm very particular about my... Uh, uh, ben, no, Ben, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> and, and, and Al, I'm sure you agree as well, but yeah, if they ever try to do anything to me, they're going to have to kill me. Wow. Wow. Kill me first, then you can do whatever well, you want, obviously. Go ahead, Alan. You see, that they've been using chemicals to do the same thing. Chemical um, sterilization is the easiest thing to do. And their own statistics at the United Nations uh, that they give out every year say that the average white male in the Western world his sperm count is 85% lower than the person who lived as an adult in 1950. Wow. So since 1950, plummeted. The, the CBC did a documentary on the disappearing male, and well documented. It's with all the top scientists, etc. They all know what's causing it, the bisphenol A and so on. They put in the foods, etc. Uh, so there's many ways to, to achieve their goal, but they obviously... When you look at the world meetings that have had for the last hundred years on depopulation and population control, um, they don't ask for volunteers. They simply go ahead and do it in stealth ways and methodology. And we're the last to know. And that's why when they give us the quotes of the sterilization of the Western male, uh, they never call it a crisis. If it was out of their control, believe me, and they hadn't done it, it would be a crisis. 
Alan, do you think that you're, we're seeing a lot more of the biological type of warfare? And, and, of course, we're assuming that this is all controlled by government, by institution. Do you think that we're seeing a lot more of this type of terrorism as opposed to bombing buildings or, you know, flying planes into buildings? Because it, it, it's, I guess it would be a lot harder to convince people. And I, I'm trying to think, you know, outside the box a little bit here, Ben, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, well, 9-11 was a huge problem, is a huge debate around it. We'll never, you know, we're never going to get the real answers, but there, there's so many opinions about it. Do you think we're seeing a lot more of the biological side because ultimately it's harder to say, well, yes, they're behind this too. I mean, yeah. people would never believe that. It's, absolutely. I mean, something that, that they simply whistle, and when you ask them the question, they whistle and say, well, we, we can't do that or we wouldn't do that, uh, is nonsense when all of the evidence is there. Um, there are books out now, like Deadly Ally is an excellent book to read uh, with declassified information from the U.S., Canada, Canadian, and British bacterial warfare divisions uh, documenting what they had during and after World War II. Uh, they had stuff that created mad cow disease they'd made in World War II. And, and 30, 40 years later, it, it breaks out just mysteriously. Uh, I mean, these guys have a, a whole a battery of incredible diseases. They can take a virus, and this is in the book too, and in an hour, within an hour, they can reformulate that one virus into be a killer. It's so easy nowadays. So I'm not worried about something that would break out of nature, the, the common flu. I'm more worried about when these guys will release down the road when it's time to to actually start the culling process. Yeah. Tell us how uh, some of these corporations, these organizations, make money off of these crises, um, you know, just to grease the skids for people's personal gains, and then tell us how that ties into the greater picture of eugenics um, and and, uh, and all of the, the world-shaping things that these people do. Pieces of filth! <laughs> yeah, but, but Carol Quigley, Carol Quigley was the, the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations that is part of this parallel global governmental system that wants a global government. That's in their own charter and basically again um, they said that it would be a sort of feudal system the future would be a kind of feudal system where CEOs of international corporations and uh, national governments would be totally combined now we heard the term used public-private partnership it's the same thing so you have now experts supposedly from the big pharma companies uh, advising governments and, and and often in fact guys in the government have been CEOs of the same companies themselves like Monsanto you know uh, with, with the GMO stuff and and it's a brotherhood uh, so it's the greatest deal ever where governments are guaranteed to buy your products en masse to prevent supposedly or possibly they never say prevent it's always possibly prevent people getting contagious diseases none of it has ever been proven to work and even when they've tested out, say, Tamil flu in China or, or far at the Far East and it's killed children, but it hasn't stopped the flu, uh, the governments still buy up this useless stock uh, by law. I mean, this is a great scam. What other business can you be in where your guaranteed governments are going to buy your product? Yeah. So, Alan, let me ask you this. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, last time I think we were focusing a lot more about, you know, what government was doing at the time, and it was quite different. And like I said before, and like you commented, you know, I guess we have to kind of adjust now, Ben. We have to 
change our strategy, if you will. I hate to, you know, call this the movement, but just in general. I don't like change. What do you, <laughs> what do you suggest we do as far as you know, now getting this type of information out? What is the best method to get information out to, to people, just the average folk, about really, you know, ultimately government involvement in these flus, whether it's just the fear-mongering aspect on the mainstream media or by the higher-ups, or just their actual involvement in creating a lot of these problems? What's, what, what's the best way to get the information out, in your opinion? Internet's gone. <laughs> the internet's all that's left. Yeah, that's right. It's all that's left. And and when the cloud system comes in, apparently the big major media are getting the first grabs at it, which mm-hmm. is going to knock a lot of people off. Um, you're quite right. See, media, media, the general media, the authorized media, is an essential arm of government. It's an arm of government. It's how we're, we're given whatever reality they want to give us at the time. You know. Yes. So the, the tragedy is that the, the majority of the public, as Brzezinski said in his own book, Between Two Ages, the majority of the public have been trained. Uh, the um, mainstream media is there to do their thinking and reasoning for them. Alan, hang and on, I, hang on one second, Alan. Sorry, we got a break coming up. I couldn't agree more, and I do want to point out some things that were documented in the documentary out Fox, which really point exactly to what you're talking about. Alan Watt and so much more on the other side. Stay tuned, folks, on the Animal Farm Radio Show. We will return. You people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Yeah, it is the age of Obama this time. Unfortunately, Yeah, this this four years around. Uh, we are talking to Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Alan, I wanted to get your take on Agenda 21. If you could, start from the beginning. What is it? Uh, who's behind it? And, uh, and, and what does it mean for us? It came out, really, from a, um, a Rockefeller-funded organization and a Rockefeller-funded man who's a top man in the United Nations, Maurice Strong, who started up the Rio Earth Summit, where every insect and animal and tree and blade of grass was given special rights, but what wasn't given any rights at all were humans. Uh, and uh, again, it blossomed into other uh, parts of the same agenda at the United Nations. And Agenda 21 essentially is a plan for this century. Uh, this is the century of change that they kept telling us about in the 20th century, but wouldn't explain to us. It's the change into the planned um, sustainable society where everyone is to get moved off into one way or another into the big overcrowded cities for a generation while they gradually die off. Um, during that time, um, they will implement, uh, as I say, mandatory sterilization. I've had this in the newspapers in Britain, by the way, front pages. 
that are going um, and trying to raise the red flag for mandatory sterilization. And uh, eventually, uh, your priority for breeding will be on selection based on your genetic heritage, your status in society, meaning your value to the present system. And eventually, you won't be even born or conceived or, or born unless um, they have a, a room for you, a job for you to serve the world state. It's to be a world of service. And that is why uh, Obama and Brown in, in England and Harper in Canada have put forth these same agendas to do with uh, mandatory voluntary service. <laughs> That's a, this is the start. Once it's on the books, like all laws, it will expand to be, to be for a minimum of two years, then it will up to five years, etc., etc. Then it will be gradually uh, um, on and off for the rest of your life. Uh, this is all part of the training of, of a world society into world service, serving the world state. Wow. What kind of uh, what kind of quote unquote legal organizations are they using or, or are they planning to use to sort of implement this? How are they going to bypass our our constitution and our sovereignty to put this uh, agenda twenty one forward? This is illegal, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they already have been doing it for years. In fact, Council on Foreign Relations that really drafts up the charters for all the amalgamations. They admit they did the one for Europe. And they, they were the one who drafted up the one for the amalgamation of the Americas. It was on the national television in Canada, with their spokesman admitting to it. Uh, these are the guys behind it. And uh, say eventually, um, they want to have the right through the World Health Organization to decide again what your value to society will be. It's all to do with genetics, uh, as I say, um, the sliding scale from very important people necessary to the system uh, all the way down to the people at the bottom. And guess what will happen if you're at the bottom? Well, you won't, eventually, you won't be allowed to, to breed eventually. They've already said what they're going to bring in. In the Western countries, the same system as China, which is the model state for the entire world, where they have one child per family at the moment, that eventually is going to go in further. Most couples will be forbidden unless they're essential only to have children. Um, and they want to implement that across the Western world within Agenda 21 from the United Nations. Well, I guess the big question, Alan, is, you know, at the end of the day, I would imagine with all the things we talk about is implementation, you know, and the process in which they're going to implement. And I think you yeah. you hit upon a really important point before where with this national service plan or whatever it's being called, and we'll talk about H.R. 1388 in a moment. But with, oh, crap! Yeah, with these service plans, I think you hit on it really hard before where you say, yeah, you know, they're going to start off with the, the two-month or the three-month, and then it'll be the, the ten-month, and eventually, you know, you'll have five years and ten years of service. Eventually you'll have shackles on your ankles and right. be like, what happened? And, and, it's just crap. Yeah, and, and never mind just in and of, exactly, never mind just in, in and of itself how ridiculous it is to serve a state government, Terrible. mandatory servants uh, to the state. But now we're talking about H.R. 1388 the whole week. It's been a major topic, and I think it has to be. Uh, and, I, you know, we're literally talking about preventing people from going to church ceremonies if you're part of the service plan. In other words, if you get uh, school loans, if you're getting financial aid, Aid for for college, uh, then 
mandatory, first and foremost, you're, you're absolutely mandated to do the public service or to the government service. And then if you do, you can't protest. You can't protest legislation. You can't be a part of a protesting group. And then they even have in the bill, took it out, put it right back in. You're not allowed, Ben, to go to church. Alan. That's uh, a bunch of bullshit. Alan, Alan Watt, H.R. 1388, I mean, just give us give us the rundown because this to me is, is incredible. And this has to be brought forth uh, to everybody's attention as soon as possible, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, not only that, I mean, remember too, the president, uh, the president and prime ministers who are along with this and other companies too, are allocating massive amounts of money for, and they've said it to it for for ideological indoctrination in in the school system to make sure a young generation is totally brainwashed with their ideology. This is not democracy, believe you me. Uh, this is complete fascism. And again, getting back to what Quigley said, the system they're bringing in is a new feudal system where the CEOs will be the new overlords of the public. Well, this all ties in together. You're now getting told, basically, you're a servant. When you're a servant, you're a serf. Mm -hmm. That's what you had in feudal system. And you have no rights. You're privately owned during that period, just like a private in the army. You're privately owned. That's why they call you a private soldier Yeah. when you start. You have no rights. You do your duty. They tell you what your duty is, and there's nothing outside of that duty. That's the system they're gradually bringing in uh, through indoctrination and mandatory service and special camps and all the rest of it. Yeah, tell us how it, it, it parallels. We're running out of time here, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. If you have extra time, maybe you could hit us up on another segment. If not, that's totally okay. We'll get you back on later. Um, but can you get into the parallels um, of, of what this sort of this change revolution that we have here on home and how it parallels with the cultural revolution in China uh, that happened in, you know, uh, the mid-70s uh, mid or, or 80s, whenever it did happen. What they do in socialism, and see, this is socialism. We get confused with communism and socialism, but uh, I think Khrushchev was quite correct when he said that communism was simply socialism in a hurry. Uh, that's why they have revolutions and simply do quickly. The best way technique is the Fabian way. It's slow, incremental, generation by generation, until government literally uh, has a department of authority over every facet of your life. That's true socialism. That's what we're seeing now. Uh, then they always move into the school system for, for training children through ideological uh, um, movements and so on. The Greening Project, sustainability has been taught from kindergarten on right now. We're watching the, a youth going to be brought up with total indoctrination that will be impossible to break. It will be so perfect. And when they grow up, they will be little fascist greenies um, who will really believe, and, and they'll do the same uh, as they did in the Cultural Revolution in China. That's the second wave of, so, of socialism or communism. Those with it, with, who even helped to bring in the first part of socialism are, are still contaminated with old, old ideas. So the youth who have had a heavier dose from birth of the true science of, of socialism overthrow the older ones and actually try and kill them off. They killed off millions in China during the Cultural Revolution and of the older generation claiming they were contaminated with the old ideas. Yeah. The same happened system. So, the, it, so what's coming in here is really a repetition of, of uh, an overthrow, a cultural revolution, where if you're over 20 or 25, you'll be completely and utterly ignored by the youth. 
Yeah. yeah. That's a very, no, very... I've gotten word that a child is using his imagination, <laughs> yeah. and I've come to put a stop to it. It's a, it's a very uh, scary notion, and, and we do, you know, what hap- know what happened with the Cultural Revolution in China ended up, you know, with almost 60 to 80 million dead, uh, you know, parents eating their children just to survive, and uh, people always looking up in the sky uh, because people were jumping off the building so often they were afraid uh, of getting hit with bodies. It was, it was that bad. Yeah. Alan, do you have, uh, can you hang with us for another segment, or do you need to run? Sure, sure. Okay, Excellent. cool. Excellent. We have you. We will not let you go. Alan Watt, great stuff. Stay tuned. One more segment with Alan Watt and much more questions. Uh, yeah, but as, as far as the children go, Ben, maybe we should stop worrying about saving the children on the Internet and start worrying about uh, the indoctrination going on in school. Pyth, take us home. That would be great. You are now listening to Oracle Broadcasting, the home of Cutting Edge Talk Radio. Back here on the Animal Farm Radio Show, we're talking to the infamous, the great, uh, the wise, the legendary. Yeah, I'm legendary, for sure. Uh, Alan, I wanted to ask you, because we are sort of getting into the, um, the cultural revolution in China and, and the similarities to what it has here, uh, what is this torture discussion that's happening? It's all over the news now. Are we torturing? Do we torturing? Uh, do we torture? Um, you know, we're starting yes. to make a moral decision. Is this softening us up to uh, for, for any reason whatsoever? Again, it's familiarization of the whole topic through repetition to the public, uh, remember too that um, in a global society you have to have an enemy for governments to keep control over the public that's always been the reason that governments technically existed they used to have enemies across there somewhere across the water whatever it is and they'd always say they'd preserve and protect the public but in a global society you've got to have new enemies and this was dreamed up at the Club of Rome another big uh, foundation and think tank that's connected with all the other think tanks and in the 1970s, according to their own book, The First Global Revolution, for instance, they came up with the idea of using warfare on uh, something new, since they'd have no real enemies in a global society. Now, technically, it's like the Soviet system. You have to find either terrorism within, which is ongoing and very ghostly. You never catch them. But it's it, the whole idea behind it. They maintain control for your safety. Or... Um, you must have a, a warfare scenario where you're at war against something. So they came up with the idea against about the environment. Man was destroying the environment. They said the global warming would fit the bill. These are the words they used in their own book. These are the founders at, of uh, the Club of Rome who worked with the United Nations. So this is the whole idea of sustainability, etc., etc. Man's at war with the planet. We're destroying our habitat. Therefore, a global authority must be in charge of every part of human society. And this is what's been driven home bit by bit through a, a thousand crises, one after another. We've already gone through the, the terrorism, but we're still going through it. The whole world is going through it at the same time because they're all connected with the United Nations. They all have um, appointed members for the environment, uh, running, helping run your government, uh, etc. Even population control experts on your governmental boards. And they, in turn, work with the United Nations so we're going through familiarization processes to get used to the fact that the world is suddenly a very scary place 
and we can't survive on our own. We're interdependent, as they call it. We cannot leave even farming to farmers, as they said at the United Nations, it's too important. They want agri-food businesses and the scientists like Monsanto to be in charge of it all. And in other words, you, interdependence means the world they're bringing in is a world where you will be totally dependent on their system and you will not be allowed to survive independently in any facet, whether it's weaving your own cloth for your clothing or growing your own food or, ha or having access to your own water. You'll be totally dependent on their system. That's the system that's taking place right now. Yeah, and Alan, one of the things, one of the tactics that especially you get out of the politicians when they're running for their campaigns or for their offices, and from the mainstream media, and from the government when they are in their office, one of the greatest tactics that really goes unnoticed uh, almost all the time is the, the, the use of honeypots, and in particular, I think when we talk about Guantanamo Bay, and I think we've, we've talked about this at nauseam, Ben, mm -hmm. all this humongous talk during the campaign, and now that he's elected, Barack Obama has talked about, we're going to close Guantanamo Mobile and everybody cheers, right? It's yeah. this big topic. Where are we going to put all these guys? He's a peaceful man. This is great. And I'm yeah. sitting there thinking, wait a minute. So you're telling me they no. have they have a place in Cuba where they torture people? We know that Abu Ghraib existed. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that there aren't other torture bases? Like even if they close this particular one, which in this case it's the honeypot. You have uh, Gitmo. It's this big topic. Oh, he'll close it. Look with it. They'll make a huge press thing about it. But meanwhile, there's new evidence just came out of the raw story reported. New evidence of a secret CIA detention site in Poland yeah. was reported by the raw story, and I think there was even one in Pakistan less than a month ago. And so, you know, the thing that just it makes me crazy is that oh my they, God. there are these honeypots. People just focus on these one little areas, these little things, little tidbits. When you know there's other torture prisons around the world that we use and the CIA has been using. Come on. Yeah. How ignorant can you possibly be? Uh, Alan, hang on for the final segment. We have a quick break coming up and we shall return. Stay tuned. Are there things that make you angry? Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge, a new era, freer from the threat of terror, stronger in the pursuit of justice, and more secure in the quest for peace. Our best here, of course, on the Animal Farm. The truth of power here. We are speaking with the one and only Alan Watts. And really quick, I know Alan may have to go pretty soon, but I wanted to get your your retort here. That's why I yeah, we're abusing this. That's why I, that's why I made you stay. So my apologies. On um, on the idea that you know they, the government and the media they kind of work together. They pick out one problem. They they some you know sometimes they fix it, sometimes they don't. People think it's fixed, and meanwhile people just kind of forget about it and they go back to their daily lives. And specifically, we talk about the idea that they're going to or they might or they may close Gitmo. Maybe they've done it already. Who the hell knows? But you know any naive Maybe person not. you know. How could you be so naive to think that there's not other torture camps around the world that CIA has been using for, for years, probably? And sure enough, new evidence of another detention rendition uh, site came up in Poland. It was reported out of the raw story. I did delicious this, folks, if you're uh, listening to the show. AnimalFarmShow.com is our website. Go check it there. It's on our website. You can check out the, the article. But, Alan, just finally closing up here, finishing up here on the farm, just tell us uh, you know, the effectiveness of the honeypots. I think that's the correct term, where it's something that they'll put out there so everybody focuses on it, where well, there's all kinds of other things going on around it, and how they've been doing that for years. Uh, speak about that, and let's, let's finish up here. 
There's a simple technique, uh, I guess, the magician's technique, the stage magician with his white gloves. He, he always waves the one he wants you to, your eyes to follow when he does something else with his other. Uh, the standard, uh, same during crisis. Um, during a crisis, you immediately forget the last crisis. You've been plundered, raped, and pillaged, and you've signed up your great-grandchildren for perpetual debt forever. And, uh, and, and here we are with the post. Uh, it's great distraction. It's fantastic. It works every time. And it's watch this hand, don't watch the other one. Meanwhile, the big pharma boys, which are owned by the same world bankers that run the IMF, uh, um, are making billions of dollars because government's throwing our money at them to create vaccines which are useless. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's amazing, and, it, and all all the same time, what's been going on is that you know even if the people do you know as a, the population as a whole, even if they do pay attention, Alan, it seems like they are just fixated. If they're not fixated on the entertainment news, Ben, mm -hmm. uh, they just focus on this one little piece. Oh, Gitmo, Gitmo! They have all these debates, and then they have the David Gergens of the world, and all these people get together on CNN and they debate Guantanamo Bay and where are they going to ho you know host these people and who's going to get trials. Yeah. When really, I mean, this is the, this is not even the tip of the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this has been going on for so long, and there's so much more behind it. Go ahead, Alan. The British newspapers, and I've read them on the air, too, have listed them months ago. Uh, yeah. The ones in Egypt as well that they don't talk about very often. And not only that, they have internal ones within the U.S. and Canada and everywhere else as well. And through all the cop shows and the fictional shows and the movies have been bombarding us with for a long time now, um, we've been taught that torture sometimes is necessary to save the planet or save some woman whose child has been hijacked or something like that. And we gradually begin to become accustomed that, uh, you see, in this world coming up, this anti-terrorism world, torture is going to be used, and the threat of torture especially, to keep citizens in line as we go through the massive changes that are planned for us all. That's yeah, an incredibly very disheartening. Yeah, thing to incredibly think about that. disheartening and, and very, very scared to think about it. Alan Watt, thank you so, so, so much for joining thank us. Thank you, you're, Alan. You're incredibly smart and incredibly wise. Um, and and a are, great ninja. You are a, a very, a very good ninja. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. It is um, uh, Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Alan, thanks uh, for coming on. You got anything else you want to say before we uh, we move along? Yeah, people should just keep a hold of the rationality as their world is turned upside down. Don't go upside down with it. And it's been a pleasure to be on. Alan, it's always our pleasure, and we're going to have you back as, as often as possible because it's just uh, there's so much information that you can give us, and there's so many questions that I have. The more you talk, the more I want to know. So thanks again, Alan Watt, the great Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix.com.